Walking around the sun, it was just beautiful, gorgeous. Getting some bits in there. No, but there were people. Yeah, there the city was full. People in the city, out of their offices, in yeah. office clothes. Uh, they were milling around. They were obviously out because it was nice in the sun. Not that many of them were shopping. They just seemed to be going for a walk. Mm. Mm. I was like, oh, so happy. Mm. Me, me got happy because maybe people <laughs> were finally coming back. A bit. I, so driving in today, and I came in earlier than normal, but the traffic was chockers, and then. Uh, walking South Bank was full, walking at lunch, walking mm. up to the restaurants. There were Normally you could go to that Asian restaurant and you're first in the queue. There were like 12, 14 people. All of them had queues. All of the traffic oh, lights had people actually queuing up yeah. to cross roads. I have not seen people queue mm. up to cross a road in such a long mm. time. All right, welcome back to our podcast, This Is Not The Way, where we will uh, tackle yet another annoying problem and at the same time, have a bit of a rant about people and things. So to start, uh, I have with me today Gina. Oh, hi. Hi, Chris. <laughs> and Courtney. Hi, Chris. How are you both? Good. Doing very well. I'm excited. About? The sun is out and people have come into town and that is a good thing. It's really good. And we are obviously all in Melbourne and it has been so soulless in our CBD for so long. Our CBD is where everyone comes to work. We're like a, a wheel city with a hub in the middle and spokes. Everyone comes into the middle to work. Not every single person, but lots of people. It's centric, different, a little bit different to other cities. And then it's been, it's been dead, which is today's topic. So it's about should people be working from home or should they be forced back into the office? I will start with Gina. Oh, good. Oh, good. Let me get in before Courtney. I believe people should have the choice. I think you should choose whether to come back into the city, whether it works for your family dynamic, whether you're required to by your boss or by um, specific work um, requirements that put you back in the city. But you should also have the opportunity to work at home if your, if your job spec allows for that. If your job spec allows mm. for that, because you, you would agree at the moment that people are very much voting all people that they don't want to come back in yep. to the point where we have a group of people taking on the Commonwealth Bank at Fair Work Australia to say you can't force us back mm. in. Uh, like, I don't think you can get a nurse to work from home. No. That's what you're, but uh, there'd be specific jobs that require you to come in. But otherwise, I think if, if you can and you're able to do it, and it works for the, the business, I can't see why you can't work from home. I think I think that works sometimes, Gina, but I also know that you're a pretty hardworking, self-directed person, and I know some people who are neither hardworking nor self-directed. What does a business do when you've got those people? And they're not really getting much done at home. They're just sitting there. Uh, I, I feel... It's <laughs> you and I. But, yes. I, I, I feel like... Um, we were having this conversation a little while ago, but I feel like you can't gear your management style to what it used to be in the past. I think you've got to start changing your management style and I think you've got to be able to manage people within their home environment and within an office environment. So, yeah, I know there's no quick fix and I know there's no quick answer, but I, I definitely think it's how you manage your staff that defines how productive they are. Yeah, I agree. Management have a responsibility to step up and 
manage those people better mm. you know clearer outputs rather than measuring mm. how many hours you worked you know yeah. what's the deliverable following them up chasing yeah. them down and management are lazy there i guess there there is still some onus on people you know if you struggle to get motivated or be disciplined how how does that person then go oh i really should go back in the office because yeah. i need some accountability that's right I don't know how you force people back into the office, but I do feel like if somebody's not is underperforming or not doing their job, then I think it becomes a real okay. That that type of environment doesn't work for you. So it's a, it's a different issue, isn't it? Instead of should I work from home or not, it's more about management should yeah, step up and hold right. people accountable. That's so why right. do you think companies are forcing them them back in? It's hilarious that the CEO of IBM, Arvind Krishna, has said all of you, pretty much two hundred sixty thousand odd need to come back into the office. IBM are one of the first companies, uh, I think, early 2000s to promote working from home. And in 2017, they reversed it. Yeah. And they pretty much said, this is not really working. Then the pandemic hit. Everyone had to go for that option. He, in 22, June 22, he was interviewed and said, I don't think more than 60% will ever come back into the office. Right? Up, up to that level. And a year later, he's changed his tune completely to basically, there's a bunch of articles saying, you will hurt your career. You will not be able to show that you uh, could be a leader. You will hurt your career if you don't come in. And IBM now encourage and and expect employees to come into the office. So, So why is a large company like that or banks here, other companies now in recent months saying, no, we want people back in? I think you've raised such a good point in that, which I haven't really taken into account, is the fact that how do you get ahead? How do you put your head up if people, if if within the home environment, you're only doing what is required from you? So, uh, like if you're a driven person and you want to do more than your job to show that you, you're available for whatever promotion's coming your way, how do you do that if you're just sitting in your office managing people, I mean, sitting in your home, just yeah. doing your tasks? That does make it a bit tricky, so... Well, one thing I'd noticed in the past, one of my first jobs, the power networks didn't match what was written on the organisation charter. It was actually who smoked. There were a bunch of fellows and they smoked out Mm. the side and they in different parts of the organisation, but that was the power block. Mm. And they made a lot of decisions, a lot of chatting as men having a cigarette. So if you take away that that socialising aspect, that tribal component, yeah, how do you get a leg up? How do you get promoted or noticed mm. or put on the right team? Yeah, I remember saying to Gina previously, I made lots of decisions walking around the block with my boss. Sometimes going for a coffee, but he liked to go for very brisk walks and then we would make decisions. But after I said that, I went home that day and reflected, do you have to do that? Just because that's what happened to me, I'm using that as a defense as I'm a pro for people coming back into the office. But then I thought, ah, that's a little bit, just um, confirmatory bias by yeah, Chris. It just suited Because you. you can make decisions online. The bit I think um, we're missing is the, the overall mental health and satisfaction and collaborative and being collegial. But these people have voted, these people being everyone, they have voted very strongly that work relationships are not as important as being that, home. Yeah, yes and no. They voted it because it's what they want. I call it, it might be a bit aggressive but you know can parent can people really parent themselves some people they want to stay at home but actually they're not having the best time they're not that productive they're not that happy but it's too hard to go they actually need a boss or a parent to say 
go. You need to go. Their, their social networks, their relationships, they don't go out after work. They don't catch up with people. They don't go to the gym. They don't get out of their pajamas. They actually need an external push to help them. That's more of a sociological kind of idea. We've got a culture and a people. It's not about the individual. How do you tell someone you're miserable while they're saying, I'm fine. I'm really, I'm really happy. I'm really flexible and I'm chilled and and if you're okay, are you okay as an employer for someone to be able to pick up uh, a child at 3 p.m. or to go to Coles and do shopping at lunch? Because I, I don't mind if they get through their work. I don't, for me, most work is, is so structured in a way that you can easily do that. Who cares? We have staff members live in Spain and Cyprus. I've lived in England. Um, you can get the work done, no problem at all. You just plan it. But... Are they genuinely happy? What are the stats saying? Mike about? is not happy. It's 42 degrees in Cyprus <laughs> every day. And I'm not happy because I miss him and I want him Because you, like you like the social component and, and that yeah. makes sense. But that doesn't mean an organization's more productive. You are more productive. So I get that. But, you know, when I you know run a business with my brother and I lived in England, he lived in Melbourne and we talked on Skype twice a day at least. And that's how we, we chatted and we debriefed, like your brisk walk mm. around the block. But I think what you're saying is that uh, not everybody fits into the same hole. But I don't know how you find the dynamic that suits such a, a different different people, different work environment, different work, work ethic, difference. So, uh, Jenny, you're our operations manager. Let's expand our company so that's actually got 300 people and the majority of them are working from home now. And But you get a directive, we've got to get them back in. You were saying before that... Um, this is an, I- an issue for management, what would you suggest to do, knowing, I think, that most of those 300 people initially would say, I don't really want to come in, Gina. Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, I, I, I am about building the team. So I, I do love getting the team together, and I do believe sometimes you've got to go and meet the team within their comfort environment without forcing people into the office. So like office is such a broad term if you're working with 300 people it doesn't mean you've all got to be sitting in a cbd i mean in a, an office located in the city that you know it it could be if the team dynamic works that you meet at a hot desking space which is closer to some team members and maybe perhaps not as close to other team members then that's how you've got to start off i, I, I believe slow and and build it and build it and build it until you've worked um and you built up that team dynamic so that you can actually then um, encourage people and people do see the benefit then of coming back into the office maybe not every day maybe once or twice a week depending on what suits it but I don't believe that you've got to have it's not like it used to be it's not like that you've got to have a building in the city and everybody's got to come to the building in the city no it doesn't have to work like yeah. that anymore you could you could break up your teams you could meet at different places you could do your team building maybe once or twice a week I mean twice a year where you where you all come together but otherwise you could build the teams in separate places teams are smaller groups so absolutely yeah, yeah. the what what i like is those smaller teams and i i've been virtual working for a couple of decades so i love being able to work from home when i've got to work on something that i can't be interrupted mm. in but when that's all you do you just miss the the talking or the learnings or mm. the the side interest what i really noticed is when we have a teams meeting we talk only the task but when we have a coffee shop meeting, mm. people check in. Mm. They check in about family. What are you up to? <laughs> Someone's normally injured some part of their body, either playing basketball or sword fighting, whatever it might be. So I, I don't know how you replace that that interplay. And, and for me, the younger generation, I'm less going to be going drinking on a Friday night, although I might go off to a footy match. 
what what happens when you stop going to work is yeah you you miss the commute which can be miserable but you also miss popping into the shops or going to the city or catching up with a friend or going out for drinks and meeting a bunch of other people so i just wonder how do you recreate all of those other social activities that used to naturally arise i think you've got to be more intentional in doing it You've got to create mm-hmm. that but just like you're saying it's personality driven so if you're not intentional in, in creating those spaces yeah. you won't you will sit at home and you will and, and that's what i'm worried about I, yeah how do you help those people some some people for sure they're not as comfortable and they can have a level of anxiety and i think there's people now that will be asked to come back who have been comfortable uh, at home and are, are people that can sometimes unfortunately have a, a certain amount of anxiety and they're going to find it very hard Mm. because a they're feeling forced to come back in and so they're going to have to put their mask on and they're going to have to go through that sort of role play that they would find absolutely exhausting at the the end of the day or the end of the week but okay so they perhaps don't have to come in as much people need to be checking in with them Mm. it's just i i I always remember these two people uh, at a company i work for in finance in accounts sat in the same seat two years apart, um, took their own lives. And, uh, and it was tragic. And these were people that were in the office. They were in the office every day and the people around them did not know. They just, they just didn't know. So you can come into the office and effectively remote work just by being disengaged, not talking to people, mm. sitting alone, doing your thing. And, and you, you know, one of the things about the bank, one person said, they're forcing me to come in. I live in New South Wales. I come into the office in New South Wales. My whole team is based in Victoria, so I go to the office so I can Teams chat my team. There are individual absurdities, but yeah, how do we how do we find a sweet spot where people are checked in, where they do get the opportunity to work from home if they want and flex their lives mm. around that? With it. but and and some work is really structured. Go and do your work, it's really clear. But when it's collaborative, when it's problem solving or designing or wrestling, how can you really do that in a in an app? No, I don't I don't think you can. But I also go back to the fact that it, it it's it's up to management. You've got to now think about what your workforce looks like and how your workforce is set up and how you structure your teams and who runs your various teams and and all the different you, you've got to take all those aspects that you never had to take into account before because it was come into the office, do your work, I will make sure you've done your work, I will check your work, I will base your performance bonus on your work. Mm. So now it's different, it's, it's a different environment. So you've got, to, you've got to change your style, you've got, to, you've got to approach it in a different place. Because just like you're saying, Courtney, you want to keep, you want to retain your good staff. You don't want to make it a, um, I'm going to punish you, you're doing your job very well at home, but I'm going to punish you by making you come into the office because that's what works for 60% of the staff. So management are admitting that they can't do performance management of people that are remote. Yeah, they probably don't even know they're no good at it. That's the Australian yeah. way. I'm, I'm really interested in the idea of, and, and our knowledge equity is a good example of a company where one part of the organisation like to catch up and be social and the other half actually really like remote working. <laughs> and both of them are fine. Both work and get the job done. So, but take that what would be the healthiest? Instead of trying to force everyone to do one thing or the other, mm. you kind of need, you know, if one bank wants to make everyone come in, great. The other bank's quite happy to have everyone work remotely. Go and work for the bank that matches your culture and your style yeah. and and set it up that well, way. I don't think we're as healthy as we could be. We have, we have a, an app that's meant to be in development in the moment. Nothing's being done because 
partly we don't come together and you can't design and build an app by sitting in a damn Teams meeting. You can't. Mm. And that, to me, it's just been proven. That and I'm guilty. I'm one of the guilty ones of not pushing mm. to, to have the face-to-face meeting. And one of our key people is sitting in 42-degree heat in Cyprus. But we can't do anything about that. Could we? Could we force him? <laughs> no, he's too happy. Yeah. I just think that on that aspect, there's so many different things that we have to look at and still agree on. I think that's why that has, I think that's why that slowed a little bit. But yeah, yeah. No, I, hear what you, I hear what you're saying. But if there was, but, one of the interesting things, I mean, we went into lockdown and our organisation ran a major, you know, all the exams for CPA. So we put on, in six weeks, put together a new system, we knew people Jay, one of our IT guys, had joined us. He had one day in the office and then worked from home. So most people never met him. Shazad, another one. So our team members had never met each other. Yeah. And we were able to work day and night and coordinate, mm. I, I think, a phenomenal program delivery. Mm. So when there was a deadline clearly scoped out, you can smash they it. You could do it. But it's, it's the brainstorming, it's the wrestling, the creativity. I, I think that's much tougher to recreate. Yeah. So recognising that, then you could encourage, why not um, say people need to come into the office once a week or people need to yeah. come into the office twice a week and, and then give them the freedom on the other days to be able to perform I, their I really like that. Yeah. And I like, if you're being asked to come in, there should be some level of effort gone into planning that. So you don't ask them to come in and then sit in a corner yeah. and do nothing. There has to be some level of, all right, how are we going to create mm. this engagement without being too forced and awkward. Otherwise, mm. <laughs> it feels like one of those self-help seminars. Yeah, some people always react negatively to that. I'm being I'm being forced to mm. communicate. Yeah. But for the majority of people, yes, you would have to offer more than just I'll come in and sit next to Greg for the day. Hi, Greg. Don't like you anyway, <laughs> yeah. but we're sitting here for the day. So, Gina, I've got a question for you. Chris thinks that uh, if people travelling less and not coming to town, they're saving money on the commute. They've got less work time. They should get a pay cut. Uh, you know what I think? I think you. I think you are hired to do a job, and your job, that your scope of your job or your job description defines what you're hired to do. And whether you're doing that in the office or whether you're doing that at home, that's what you've been hired to do. That's what you've agreed. That's how much people are going to pay you to do that specific job. So why mm. so should no, the fact that you have to now okay. don't have to drive into the city be a thing? So there was no salary component to reflect travel costs. Yeah. Or, okay, Chris. I think part of the problem will be simple competitive market dynamics. Uh, we, okay, so we enter into a tender process for a new contract in our business, and that we have to bring on um, thirty to forty development staff to do that. Our competitors may well look at bringing on the, those staff at a lower rate, saying you can all work from home. Um, and if we say, no, we'll give you the, the rate that would have been the same as if you're coming into an office, we may be priced out of that contract. And we won't know at the time, but as more of this occurs, I think companies would say, no, hang on, if I'm going to be competitive, part of being competitive is watching my expenditure, keeping my costs down. If that means new hires, I can't do it to existing employees, new people I bring on will be set at a rate that takes into account they're all working from home. I want to get my labour cost down because what I'll yeah. say is I think that the opposition are doing that. We're going for the same work, yeah. competitive market. Uh, I don't want to Look, lose it's, out. It's going to happen naturally. I I don't agree. And Jeff Kennett, I think, came out and said, I think people should get paid less if they work from home. No, it doesn't work that way. Mm. But the market will naturally adjust mm. because as people 
live further and further away. You can live well, it's semi-rural now. Therefore, your cost of living is smaller, which mm. means you can go for a job. If you used to need 150 to get by, you can get by on 110 in that, that new location. So I think people will naturally start accepting lower amounts um, because of the freedom and the flexibility and the lack of commute time. I don't think you can force pay cuts. But the thing that makes me nervous is we used to hire people and we'd watch them in the office. Well, if, if they're going to work remotely, mm. why do they need to live in Australia? So we still inherently in hire mm. Australian people, but you can hire people from the That's Philippines, right. yep. India, Indonesia, anywhere else. You can hire 20 people mm. for the same price as one. That's right. Yep. So are we are we going to blow up our own jobs mm. if, we, if we're remote working? I think people are uh, missing that point, yeah. yeah. Business leaders will say, <laughs> outsource it. Mm. Yes, of course they'll look at the Philippines mm. and anywhere else that's lower labour cost, they, they will, they've always done that. Mm. Yeah. So that, that for me is not a reason to force people back into the office, but it is a, it's like, oh, it's, it's about putting your hand up in front of your management too. It's like saying, look at me, I did some work today, mm. notice me, which the, the end goal of that is horrendous. When people come into the office and they sit there for like 12 hours, not even working, just being there before yeah, the boss and right. leaving after the boss. Mm. I can't stand that kind of cultural approach. That, that takes it too far. But I think being noticed to some extent Physical presence is really powerful. Right. Does that mean then if you only come in one or two days a week and part of that is is being able to be noticed that all these people will come in going, this is my mon- my one shot, yeah. I've got to be noticed today. <laughs> me, 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 well, me. Look what I've done. I, 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 this amazing PowerPoint <laughs> deck. It's 462 slides and you're going to love it. I want Absolutely. To You've got to prove yourself. So. In, in one of my first corporate roles, I uh, my boss lived in Geelong and I worked in Burwood, you know, and so I only saw him two or three times a year and I kept a suit in my cupboard and when I knew the <laughs> boss was coming, on went the suit and I made sure I walked in front of him, made sure he saw me and because he hired me and I wanted yeah. him to pay me well. For well, those not from Melbourne, Burwood to Geelong is an hour and 20 minutes drive. It's not three days. No, but I only saw my boss three times a year. I was going to make well, sure I made boss. a good impression. Absolutely. Mm. He he gave me my work and he expected it and I got yeah. my work done. Well, you did like him. I liked him. Three he liked me. He only needed to see me three times a year. He gave me a job and I did it. Yeah. Done. He didn't need to supervise me ever. But if I was going to stand in front of him, I wasn't going to stand in my shorts and t-shirt, was I? That's right. Managing up, they call it. I've got it. <laughs> need a ding. You need, you need a ding, ding thing. No, I'm not good at managing up. I keep telling people above me that what's happening is not good. So can we just go back? Are you saying that you feel if people are working from home, they should get paid a a lower wage for the same job, Christopher? (laughs) I certainly feel that's what's going to occur. No, no. I'm I'm not asking you what's going to occur. No, no. They they shouldn't get paid less, but I think people are short-sighted not thinking that um, companies will move towards either outsourcing them to cheaper labour cost countries or new EBAs, enterprise bargaining agreements will occur where they'll say, no, we're only going to offer this much. So perhaps there'll be some more industrial action on, on the way because, because of that. And I got the solution, mm-hmm. which I think we discussed once. Mm. You get a bus and the bus parks out drives around and parks in different places <laughs> No, hear me out. And so your employees come to those areas. Because you said quite rightly, there's no need, and I hate the fact that everyone wants to come into this CBD in Melbourne 
And when we didn't have a pandemic and lockdowns, the trains were absolutely hopeless. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so we build more infrastructure instead of challenging, why the hell do you have to work nine to five mm. and you mm. majority of you come in um, location-wise centric? So yeah, the remote office, big buses. Big buses move that around. Move around. And so maybe you do have to travel three or four kilometers to go and get on the bus. You have a desk on the bus and then you might go for a, you might move for a bit. You might stop at a park for lunch. You can hope you're not uh, what motion sick or get car sick or anything like oh, that, eh? Okay, for the ones that are motion sick, they so can have a special bus. They can work with the IT people. <laughs> so. You had to get one IT yeah, joke in there. I haven't there, sledged didn't you? IT people for the whole podcast. Uh, it's no, time you, to no, sledge you them. No, you haven't. Yeah. So, okay, so to wrap this up, I think the ultimate test in whether remote working works or not is get onto ASX, find out which companies are saying work from home and which are saying come in. I think Telstra is saying stay at home. Commonwealth Bank saying come on in mm. and watch their share price over the next three to five years. Who's more productive? Mm. Who's more successful? Uh, or does it not matter at all? Yeah, you think it'll take that long? Probably will. Three to four to five year mark to actually see if there was an impact yeah, of this. Impact. Yeah. Gina, what should we do? How many days a week? What's the ideal? How many days a week of coming into the office? Or what are you asking me? Mm. How many days? Are, are, I think it depends on your team. I do. I think if you're dealing with a bigger team, it might have to be three times a week. If you're dealing with small team, it could work with once a week. It depends on your, depends on your requirements. It depends on your business. Oh, there's so many different factors you could take into account there. It's more about management and less about rules about remote working. That's, is, well, just getting the job done. I hear what you're saying, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> we are so let, let me, let me circle back <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> What I'm hearing you all say, one of my favourites was going to meetings with someone who used to listen to everything and then at the end say, what I'm hearing you all say is, and something totally different that she just wanted. <laughs> and I was kind of like, so when life means going to the office to sit in meetings when some mm. idiot says, I hear what you're saying, Courtney. Mm. Yeah, I'd rather punch him in the head. Uh, you know what I think is far better time spent together as a team is like, like you say, chatting around a desk, having a cup of coffee, doing team building. I, I think that is far better for people, their mental health, building your team, yeah. getting where people are at, informal conversations. That is a far better structure than forcing people to meet together. I tried to get us to go roller skating two years in a row. Nothing. People don't want to fall and hurt their backs. We bought a table tennis table, set it up in the garage in one of our first startup offices. And I think we had two games and then people fun. looked at me and went, oh, well, you know, we I'd rather be at my desk. We have done laser tag and that was sensational. We did. Yeah, we, we, have done, we have done par three golf. That was brilliant. Mm -hmm. We've done that restaurant where we all had to like sit with our feet outstretched. That was wonderfully awkward. Uh, <laughs> Did, um, yeah, we did racing car driving. We did racing car driving. In a podcast, you've got to do more and, than just the hand and, signals. And we did the cooking, yeah, the cooking show. Yeah, no, it was the Christmas cooking party. was awesome. I just wanted to go roll skate. Okay. We are going roll skate. We're going to ask, Tommy, ask a driver, then yeah. roll skate.